Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Were you as surprised as I was at how wide of a margin it was at the end of this game today? Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought that, I think I said it in the last podcast that the Mavericks just beat the Suns in game seven in Phoenix. You know, I thought that they would be, they would have this mindset that like, oh, we did that. We can do anything we want to do. And the Warriors came out and just didn't allow that to happen. You, I kind of wonder because this can sometimes happen in uh, in series like this, because like we, we talked about it, right? The Mavs are the younger team and the team with players who haven't yet been here at this stage. But at the same time, they lost the first game of both of their other series and ha- had to come back. They lost the because the fr- they've been on the road, right? For every series, they start out on the road. They lost uh, the first two games in Phoenix and then against uh, against the Maverick. I'm sorry, against the Jazz. They split in Utah one one and one. And so I'm not super surprised that they came out cold. Warriors, the veteran team should have held court 100 percent. But I'm trying to think if anything is different out of this game than in the other two series is because you can't get any any more down than than 2-0 in Phoenix and yet they still came back. So as a Warriors fan, I'm just trying to look at this in perspective and go, okay, it's just one game, but was there anything in this game that made you think that this was a, a bigger message than the other two series is when they lost game one? Um no that's a great question. It's because I was on uh I was kind of on the Mavs hype where it was almost sounding like I was a Mavs fan, <laughs> which I'm not. But um, yeah, I, I don't want to like completely count this game and say that, look at this game and be like, okay, the Warriors are going to win in four. I still don't yeah. think that's going to happen. But I also thought that this was going to going to seven. And I feel like you kind of can look at this game and maybe say, okay, maybe in the five to six range, I would probably still stay on that six to seven side. But, you know, like you said, the Mavericks split it in in Utah for their first series and then the second series which just finished was they they lost both in Phoenix and then they go on to win both in Dallas. I I just don't think that I think we mentioned it as well that that the Dallas Dallas can have some stinkers when it when mm-hmm. it comes from like from from the shooting and you could tell in like that first half that they were 
they were shooting uh, really poorly, wide open, you know. And from yesterday's game, Heat Celtics, the Celtics were shooting like 59% by half and the yeah. Heat weren't shooting that well. And I was like, that's not sustainable. You know, I didn't think that Mavs shooting this bad was sustainable either. I thought that it would change a little bit in the second half. And it might have a little bit, but it still didn't really matter. Um, I think what you can look at it, though, is I think home at Chase Center, even though it is new, even though we criticize it, there is something different about that core being there. All those fans being there. Draymond especially plays to the crowd, unlike mm-hmm. any other player. Obviously, Steph does it more like a silent way. But obviously, when he when he makes threes, that's, that's when the crowd goes the most nuts. But I think home at Chase Center, uh, compared to the, 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 the teams that are left, maybe like Chase... Uh, Miami and and then TD Garden. Maybe I mean, still have that. I don't want like this is a statement game by the Warriors, but if you sort of reflect and you look back on teams, the Warriors are the best. The Warriors have the highest record of any team left, and and if they win all the way to the finals, they'd have full court home court advantage throughout throughout the rest of the way. Which is does that make crazy. sense to you? It's kind of crazy, right? Like, cause, uh, cause they're tied. They have a tied record with the Heat, but because they have the head-to-head matchup, they get the home court. But the Heat were the one seed. Like, it yeah. makes sense, but it kind of feels weird that a three seed would get home court advantage over a one seed. So, I guess my point is, is as a Warriors fan, I don't want to get too high. I- I'm very happy that they took care of business and took game one. It was very sort of a professional Warriors victory, right? They just took care of business. They put on their hard hats. And they outplayed a team who's never been this far before. Your your point about does this sort of feel like, you know, we're talking Warriors in seven. Does it now feel like Warriors in six? Uh, I I mean, I hope so as a fan. I hope so. But I don't want to get out in front of that yet because what we talked about on our preview yesterday, which uh, I thought, you know, a lot of the things that we talked about sort of played out on the court. And the stuff that we talked about that didn't play out uh, on the court, I, I forgot all of those things. But um, <laughs> y- y- if you if you were wa- if you're watching it with some of these schemes in mind, like we talked about the blitzing, right? Steph's going to get blitzed. What are they going to do? And I I really loved it when when Draymond was the guy who got that pass and and sort of was at the top of the key and had the two Dallas defenders behind him, and so now you're playing four on three. And Steph is, you know, running a wide receiver route. I like that look. Pool, Pool's handle is tremendous because he can wiggle his way out of softer traps. And Dallas, I don't, I don't know if this was tiredness. It could have been tiredness because they just went seven games. But that blitzing, it was a little soft sometimes. And it was a little bit of like, hedging like oh i'm in no man's land and steph was like okay i'm gonna attack when you guys aren't aggressive with your trap i'm going to the bucket and he did that a couple different times which i thought was great so some of this i think is maybe just dallas being tired some of it is you know they they sort of have to get their their reps in here and the warriors are a professional team they had the right game plan so i don't want to get ahead out of, ahead of myself but i do want to celebrate this win as a warriors fan because i thought it was a very impressive win and they kind of just smacked them, and and that's mm-hmm. what they needed to do. But we'll see what happens Friday because you know Jason Kidd is going to have some. Uh, he's going he's going to figure some things out. <laughs> he was so he was so just like, man, I wish I could still play right now on the bench. <laughs> he was like, I know in his head he was just thinking like, there's so many things I could be doing right now. Why I got to be coaching? <laughs> uh, but tremendous stuff. Um, okay, so. 
let, let's talk about, uh, we, you know, we have our three points here. Uh, I'm going to share a comment here from, uh, from our favorite, one of our favorites, Robert Ramos. He says, fun win. Looney was excellent. Q1, uh, getting the offensive boards, had some nice putbacks, and also played great D, set the tone early. We are definitely going to talk about Loon in this. But the other person we're going to talk about in sort of the same way that Robert just made this comment, somebody else who set the tone is uh, two-way Wiggs. Wiggins picks Doncic up half court and sometimes almost full court. And that and that wasn't to say, like, I got this dude. It, some of it was to say that, I think. But, uh, but more so, it was like, we're going to make this guy work. Like, That's this guy is not going to get just, you know, walk it up the court, you know, not don't have to worry about it. Set, you know, he, he, Luca, as he brings the ball up the court, he's sort of setting things up, right? He's looking at the, at the geometry and going, okay, here's what we're going to do. But when Wiggins is, is making him back him down, he can't, he doesn't have that same vision. So I thought that was tremendous. And I think, uh, what did they say? Was it uh game six? Somebody said that, Wiggins told Mike Brown, or maybe it's Mike Brown who said it, that he wanted Jones full court. And he's like, I just got him full court. You know, that that was his mentality. And that that's was his mentality tonight. So great game by Wiggins. And I I thought, you know, Doncic is great. He's gonna he's and he's gonna get his. I thought Wiggins outplayed him. And that is not an easy thing to say, I think, if you're Dallas fans, and I don't think it's gonna stay that way, but you know, numbers aren't everything. Wiggins has the best plus minus. Wiggins had 19 on 17 shots. Doncic had uh, 20 on 18 shots. And he was just more efficient. He was uh, 3 of 8 from 3. Doncic was 3 of 10. Uh, of course, he missed those two free throws. Uh, decent rebounding, but just the, the the defense, just making Luka work as much as he did, I thought that was just tremendous. And I'm just sad that you didn't get the All-Star jersey. <laughs> We're staying on that one. Uh, yeah, chalk it up to Wiggins, two-way Wigs. Um, are you concerned at all that it feels like, not concerned, but, you know, Wiggins does this, does these stretches where it's just amazing Wigs and we're talking about all-star starter and then he cools down and we're like, why is this guy making $30 million a year? <laughs> do you think that we're in one of those situations again or do you think it, the playoffs are different? He's expected to bring it every night, you know, that type of energy. Well, I think he's really what what we've said or what we've you know, we're big Warriors plus minus fans and and Cal Kami and, and uh Marcus Thompson and Slater, and they have said pretty much from, from day one that Wiggins as the third or fourth best player on your team is actually a fantastic um you sort of take it for granted because he's so talented. But when Draymond is hurt or when Clay is hurt, uh, when Poole is not playing well, in a lot of these games, they were depending on Wiggins to be sort of the second best player on the court for the Warriors. And so there was some pressure there. And he's not the best shot maker or shot creator. He is very streaky. But he did something today that I thought was fantastic. Uh, you were so used to him sort of jab stepping, jab stepping, going right pulling up or uh, shooting a fadeaway or something. But he did that, and he put somebody in the box and just, like, 
just manhandled him. I don't, I don't, I don't remember who it was, but I was like, wow, like that, you know, if that, if that guy has that mentality offensively, every single time he touches the ball, I mean, he, he could be, you know, one of your, one of your main scorers on this team, but it, it's just, so, you know, you take it for granted when you have someone that talented, who's like the fourth best or whatever, you know, best player on your team. I, I do think though, when he is less of a cursory guy and he is more of a guy that you depend on, then some of the holes in his game show, because I think in his mind, he's like, okay, I got to score. I got to score. I got to score. And all that means is that he shoots more. And a lot of his shot decisions aren't the best shot decisions. Uh, yeah, I actually, I, I completely see what you're saying there. Um, I hope, I hope we stay healthy because Wiggins is playing awesome. And I think I've said that like, his scoring's big, but it's not. It wouldn't determine for me if he had a if he had a good game or not. I think it, him rebounding, him on the offensive glass, and obviously the defense he he plays is is as if not more important than the shots he hits. So, um, I just it's just a really good feeling for the Warriors. Oh, JJ's comment mid mid range wigs is better than post up turnaround wigs. Yeah, me and Obi were talking about that ugly little push shot he does right at the rim. Yeah, I hate it. It went in today. Knuckle. Yeah, it went in today. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Jay's can't believe Jay's watching. We need to get him on the the podcast. He was supposed to come on with us in in that Denver series, but Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. He had like homework or something to do. But uh, we we need to bring JJ on because I'm very interested. He doesn't answer our texts, so I don't get to hear. A lot of a game speak from him, but yeah, he could you just know. run the pool party segment. <laughs> he could, uh, yeah, and we're gonna get there too because uh, the pool party was very fun this uh, this this night. Uh, so yeah, Wiggins just fantastic work. I thought he was the MVP of the game. Uh, you know, he doesn't he didn't have the the gaudy uh, numbers. Uh, who who led the Warriors in scoring? It was Steph uh, with twenty one. Steph with twenty one. It was and twenty one points was the highest points in the, pool, in the game pool, pool unless 19. i miss pools pool 19 yeah, okay. wigs 19 uh, pool, and then luca 20 pool way more efficient than than steph steph struggled in that first half again mm-hmm. but i don't know he was, he was picking up rebounds like crazy uh so yeah that the tremendous game and uh that sort of leads into this next one for me uh to to mirror what robert was saying looney was very comfortable one-on-one with both Doncic and, and Brunson. Now, some of this is because the Warriors have played James Harden so often in the playoffs. And they what would they do? They would isolate Steph. They would isolate Loon. Steph is more comfortable as well. And I imagine a lot of that is because of all those reps. When they would play the Cavs in the finals, they would try to isolate Steph and get Steph one-on-one against Houston. A lot of Steph, a lot of Looney. Uh, and, and so Looney comes up huge. He doesn't he doesn't jump for pump fakes. I mean, he can't really jump anyways, but he stays home on pump fakes. He, he stays wide. You notice that he either stays long or he stays wide. Like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't like defend like with his hands in front of him. He defends with his hands out. So, you know, it's harder to pass around him, pass over him. Uh, just a great game though, because we thought we were wondering if how much run he was going to get in this series. Mm-hmm. And he played like he almost played the entire third quarter. This dude was so tired going into the uh, end of the third quarter. He played 28 minutes, five of five shooting. Tremendous from uh, from, from one Kavon Looney. Yeah, he hit like some mid range to beat the shot clock, too. And I was like, oh, my God, everything's falling for us tonight. It's like one of those nights. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I think the most important thing um 
that he does so well is staying home. I think that's how a lot of guards get by bigs is just getting them just do the quickest little jump that they think they're about to shoot, dribble around him. Looney's really good at staying home. And like you said, you know, lots of the James Harden, CP Rockets over the years. I, I think that's helped, but I think he's for a while now, it's always felt like he's been a pretty good, uh, reliable perimeter defender, honestly. Maybe not like throughout the whole game, but if he gets switched on, then it's not like the end of the world, you know? Now, if you, uh, I, I don't expect him to defend this well. Th- they're going to make some of those shots that they were missing. And, you know, th- th- I think uh, Stan Van Gundy, there was a there was a shot. It was either Van Gundy or Reggie Miller where they said, you know, someone hit shot over Looney. And they're like, if you're Looney, you just tell them, good job. Like, you know, you, you stayed home. They made the shot. It wasn't a mistake by you. And, and so some of those shots are going to go in. And then they may think, oh, this is how we be- we're just going to keep doing this to Looney. But he seems very comfortable. Like there, there was no nervousness. You know, this wasn't Festus Azili, you know, against LeBron, where you're just like, oh, like the entire arena just groans. And no shots at Festus either, because Festus is a very cool guy. But just, you know, those kind of moments where Festus is a, like a young player, too. So Looney felt very comfortable. Um, the only person I thought, who was uh, not good defensively, though he had a couple of good possessions, was, was Jordan Poole. Uh, I I think it was Brunson. I think it was Brunson just bodied him out of the way. I was, I was, no, 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 it wasn't Brunson. It was Dinwiddie. And they're kind of the same size. Dinwiddie's a little bit bigger, I think, but he kind of bodied him and Jordan Poole just went flying back. But there was a there was a possession that I thought he played excellent defense and he got called for a cheap foul. That was but the Brunson that, one. That that's the Jordan. That, I was like, okay, you're fighting there. Like I'm fine with that as a, obviously as a fan, not a coach, not his coach. But I was like, I we I can live with that as a fan watching his effort there. But he he needs to get he you know he needs to get a little tough and some of it is is going to be happening in this series. He's going to get the opportunity to see things that that he's never seen and I I what one of the things I wonder is instead of getting Looney out on Luca um I wonder if they do start targeting Poole like I wonder if that is an adjustment that Jason Kidd is going to make it it seems like that should have been their adjustment this game if if I don't I don't know how many possessions they tried it or if they tried it that much at all but that's what we were saying in the preview it's like how is this guy going to because Poole has the ability to get into his head, I think, a little bit. If he gets scored on a couple of times, maybe gives up an and one, gets a little frustrated, uh, and that could affect his game offensively. So I don't know how many times they tried it. Uh, if they tried it, it didn't work on the offensive end. It seemed like he was still pretty efficient. I know we're going to get to the pool party here soon, but I know we're talking about bad defenders. What about Draymond? Didn't they put... Was Draymond not, like, assigned to Brunson for a couple of possessions? Like, it didn't seem like it was a switch to get him on there. It seemed like he was assigned to Brunson. I that was really they, interesting. I think Brunson guarded Draymond right out of the gate. I think. Wow. Like, because you don't see Draymond, you know, picking up a guard, I feel like, just off of assignment. He's usually on the bigs, but then again, the Mavericks aren't that big, so he kind of has the luxury to go and be a perimeter defender in this series. If you have Otto Porter Jr., and I, I trust him to back, box out most of the guys on that squad, especially yeah. with Wiggins in there, too. But, you know, Draymond, we usually see him helping off a big, you know, just being like the... um I forget the word, but he he's, he like roams really well, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Robert Williams with the Celtics does it a lot too. Uh, Scotty Barnes for the Raptors, free safety. free safety, yeah, totally. 
But Draymond, like, I, I, I sometimes forget like how just smart that guy is on defense because I know the. Well, what about thing, him and what about him and Steph going in the corner to block the shot? That was awesome. Yeah. That was like a moment. If yeah. I wish that was like a game ending thing because that would have <laughs> just been screenshot perfect. You know that would have been awesome. And but then Clay was, got Clay got Dinwiddie too. And Dinwiddie was arguing a completely like I don't know what he was trying to argue there. You know, sometimes it's like the commentators will make it sound like he was arguing the foul. I think he was and sometimes the players aren't. Yeah, yeah. But in this case, I literally think he was hitting his hand like he hit me in the hand. You see the replay. Nothing. It didn't happen at all. Like the you know, I almost got my old man Jeff Van Gundy on there. I, I thinking like, man, we have the cameras. If you complain <laughs> about that. You 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 got to get fined or something because I totally think it was yeah. embarrassment. Got the T. <laughs> yeah, great block. All right, so we said it. It's the third, the third uh, point here. It's back, ladies and gentlemen. The pool party is back. Uh, this was his best game since uh, I don't know. It was a game three or four of the maybe I think three, three of the, of the Grizzlies three. series. He was. As good, maybe not quite as good, but very close to some of those games in Denver where he had so much confidence. Uh, he was very slippery. He was very confident that he could finish at the rim, like you said, because there was the, he's not worried about Jaron Jackson or Steven Adams or even the longer guards that the, that the uh, Grizzlies had. He was like, who's going to stop me when I go to the rim? Uh, I, I do think that, you know, they do have some guys uh, if they do make some adjustments like uh, Finney Smith and, and, and Bullock. I, for whatever reason that the, the Warriors had those guys kind of in, in interesting places, but Poole had the great finish with the, the scoop. It was like a I don't know. It was like a under under the rim, under the arm, like full scoop. He had another finish on the other side of the rim with his right hand. Just tremendous stuff. And with Steph going to the bucket hard, with Poole going to the bucket hard, even Clay with back cuts, you know, they don't have anybody to block those shots. And I don't even think they try. They don't even they're they're just so worried about the perimeter that they just kind of give up those those moments because and, and you know, they just expect uh the other team to not be able to make those passes uh, like the Warriors can. So I think that's another thing for Kid in in his adjustments is you know, he they, they got to be a little bit more strategic on those blitzes because the Warriors showed tonight that, you know, that it's going to be tough in, in some instances, but they also have a, have an offense that that moves uh, and, you know, these guys can move without the basketball. I think pool completely like, don't get me wrong. I think he can take most people, most defenders off on that first step. Marcus always says it that like ridiculous quick first step he has. But I think he especially takes advantage of like guys who are tired. He's like, okay, yeah, this is cookies. And, um, but especially with pool, it's like you think as a defender, cause I, I'm more of a defensive, like oriented basketball player when I, when I still play these days. And for me, I'm watching pool and I'm like, okay, like the defender staying with him. And right when you think like it's over, it's like, okay, I did my job. I'm going to force him into a tough shot. He just does another like crazy pivot that gives him a, a good look or does the, another step back. And it's like, this guy's just got a bag full of tricks, man. He's just very hard to stop. How did he hold his pivot foot? 
on that deep shot near the end of the shot clock. I think it was near, maybe near the end of the quarter. I th- was that the third quarter buzzer beater? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that not, was that a travel? It looked I like a travel. I, I thought sure. it was a travel. I was like, that was confused me sometimes. Foot? Yeah, that was um, confused me. But I think he was under Kleber. I think Kleber jumped. I think it was the Bertans. Oh, it was the Bertans, and he went I under. Think it was. And and it was uh, that was a great play. Yeah, I don't know. But don't know. Uh, you know. Uh, Kleba had nothing uh, tonight nothing. for the Warriors. They 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 really marginalized him. It's another thing that I think Jay uh, Jason Kidd has to sort of figure out how to get him going because he is such a uh, he is such an igniter for that offense. When he makes threes, you know they're just like every uh, everyone can make threes if even your five can make threes. But the Warriors put him in position of where he had to play defense and. You know, I know the Dallas beat writer said that he can actually get out there and he can actually guard the perimeter a little bit, but I don't know if he could guard those cuts because they were cutting and they were moving and he was out of position and he's trying to stay tall, but he's, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't stay home enough to, to, to block. Like it it was almost like there's this big tall guy right in the middle and we absolutely do not care that he's in the middle. We're just going Mm -hmm. to attack him. Yeah. I think there's one thing if you're a big man, guarding the perimeter semi well, but it's another thing with all those off ball actions that the Warriors run. And if you get caught up having to guard one of those guards, it's completely different. I don't even know if Looney could do it. So, you know, I, 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 I think even though they might be saying he's a good perimeter defender, it's just different like that. Yeah. I did want to mention though, that, you know, the whole story of what was building up to this, all the plus minus guys posting it. A lot of the beat writers saying it, is that, you know, they were getting ready for kid just to absolutely blitz Steph. And and it looked like he did in the beginning. But yeah. Steph was you know hitting Draymond who would find Wiggins or Steph yep. was going straight to Wiggins. So that so we were that was kind of my point was like we need to 2020 Steph would had to do everything by himself. Yeah. But this this year Steph we have perimeter shooters right like we have to make them pay for that and we did and it seemed like they kind of went away and they did the one on one and it's like okay well Steph's gonna cook you then he's he, Steph Steph one on one I trust more than almost any player in the league right so I'm I'm just wondering what the defensive change could be maybe you hope that the Warriors have an off shooting night but I don't think that's like a good strategy going into a must-win playoff game you know just betting on someone to have an off shooting night so maybe it's like what I thought was when the Warriors were guarding Luca when they were doing man and Luca would like quickly get Steph on him Steph would like really like do a quick hard show Mm -hmm. and then run back to his guy yeah I'm wondering if it's maybe something like that but then again I don't know Steph I mean, Steph's been running this exact play for the past two years straight, <laughs> probably for way more than that. But I just I think I started to notice a lot more of like when he didn't have help, how how this stuff was going. And, you know, even if you do a hard show, I imagine Steph could just float it over you. But, you know, you know, what's interesting is that because Luca, because you wouldn't consider Luca fast. He they they kind of they're not really that worried if he gets a step on them because they can catch up. And it's then it brings whoever whoever's in the middle steps into him and makes him make a decision. And if he's not decisive, the trail defender catches up to him. And it's and it's a double team that he couldn't get out of. I thought mm-hmm. that was very interesting the way that they defended him there. And a lot of that was Looney reading and stepping up, um, Draymond reading and stepping up. And they were forcing him to make a decision, a decision, a split second before he wanted to. Like, how many times did he jump in the air like he was going to shoot and then throw it out to yeah. a three-point shooter? He did yeah. that a lot. So that told me that they made him make a decision like just that little tiny second before, before he wanted to. Now, 
I also know, I could also tell that he was sort of trying to figure things out. And I, I would imagine that, uh, you know, he's going to have uh, uh, an answer for, for that, right? He's going to hedge or maybe pull out and then make them make, make the big man either come out a little bit more or stay home. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the no man's land, like, like Steph had, then he can hit that little fadeaway mid range. So there's going to be lots of that. I, I'm very interested to see in, in game two, how he makes adjustments yeah. because he, he was all out of sorts today. And he when was- he did not start fast, uh, he was looking to pass. And when mm-hmm. he looked to, when he was passing, that meant he was not getting the ball back because then Brunson's going one on one, and and that was kind of how their offense worked. You remember how I said last podcast? So I feel like I've never seen the Warriors in the regular season matchups throughout the years like force him into a, a shot that I thought he was uncomfortable taking. Like even if he misses it, I always thought that the Warriors, you know, didn't push him into an uncomfortable shot. He just like maybe a little bit, but he missed it. Today I felt like he was like uncomfortable. Yeah, and yep. I think that's you know we can say that like. Oh, maybe we don't completely like look at this game and project it for the rest of the series. But I, I will be confident in saying that if Luca doesn't have a great game in game two, I expect him to ha- be fantastic. Like I want to say right now over under 40 points. But if he doesn't, <laughs> and if he replicates game one, I feel like then you could start saying like, OK, maybe this might be five or six. But I think. Here. Yeah. What do you think? No, no, no. I, 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 the, what I was thinking of was uh, the BAM uh, on, on Instagram. You guys had some polls. Uh, Steph, 27 and a half, Luca, 32 and a half. And before the game started, I picked over on both. Me too. And they were way under uh, way on under. both. So the game was a lot different than, than I thought it was going to be. And in order for the Mavs to win, I do think Luca needs to be upwards of 32, 35 and, and higher because if he's not scoring, I'm not sure who else is scoring. Brunson's going to get his. But if it's, you know, if, if Bullock, if you're relying on Bullock and uh, Finney Smith to, to make threes, because that's essentially what their jobs are is to kind of hit corner and wing threes. I'm not, I'm not sure who else was scoring off the bench. It's obviously Dinwiddie and he had uh, 17 off the bench. He was their best three point shooter, but uh, Bertans, Kleber, uh, Kleba, uh, Nicotina, <laughs> like I, Nicotina. Who else? Josh Green. I mean, he, you know, he was like the tenth or seventh. Or, yeah, no, he got he got, the, he got like the Kaminga run. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. You, did you know Marquise Chris is on this team? I didn't. Yeah, I did. That. I did. I did. Because remember, um, I don't know if you remember, but the 20, 2019, 2020 season when everyone was out, they had a game against the Mavericks, and Marquise Chris just absolutely went and checked Luca and threw him <laughs> into like the camera people taking photos, and then it was funny because they they teamed up and they seem like they're pretty good buddies now. By the way, Mark Nobita. He loves the pool party. Uh, doesn't like it when when uh, pool doesn't play confident. But uh, yeah, good job, good job with uh, with that for pool. And he needs to he needs to figure out how to play through some of that stuff. I don't want to see mm-hmm. him passive because a passive pool is uh, is not the greatest pool. Uh, yeah. Okay, so um, if you are Jason Kidd, what is one thing that you saw that you might change up um i think you said it with the pool putting pool through more more of the uh more of the action i think steph too because even though steph is good in those situations you need to tire that dude out right no exactly yeah yeah yeah. and because um i think it was stan van gundy again he made a great point steph is chilling in the corner 
just mm-hmm. watching because those guys are doing you know, dribble, 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 dribble. And, and Steph is chilling. He's getting a breather on playing defense and, and you can't, you know, you can't have the, if you, if you want Steph Curry to not be his best Steph Curry, you gotta, you gotta put him in some of those actions too. Totally. And you know, they're that, that Dallas offense is, is, Luca has the highest usage rate in the playoffs. It was like 40.5% or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. Even though like Steph um, maybe doesn't have that high usage rate, he's still like the best player on this team. You take him out, there's a better chance you're going to win the game, regardless of, you know, who the surrounding talent. I, I think a lot of these players, you know, we use the word gravity so much, but it's true. You send two at Steph, one player is a little more open. You know, it gives players more opportunity to hit more shots that they're comfortable with due to to being on Steph. Everyone's eyes are on Steph. That's a that's a true thing. No matter how much you people want to say gravity is not a real thing, it really is. So uh, I think, yeah, taking Steph, making him tired, that that's that would probably be a, a, a big key for them going into the next game. What about the Warriors? Did you see? I, I, I think the Warriors are very lucky that the Mavs missed a lot of shots in the first quarter. I thought they tightened up their defense in the second and third quarter. I thought there were some possessions where I'm just like, these poor Mavericks can, can barely breathe. And, and there's mm-hmm. a, and the switching was just amazing. They did the box and one, like we talked about, they did a, a, a two, was it a two, one, two? Um, or was it I, I, the other, they put another zone defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I think if the Mavs make some of those open threes, the story of that first half isn't that, you know, isn't Looney, <laughs> isn't Looney. It's Stephen Clay played awful. Yeah. And then, you know, he misses three more free throws. So it's, there's something in his head about the free throws. But then um, remember when he hit that three, then they went to the timeout and then he did the, the dance. And then they come out of the timeout. I think Luca hits a three. Steph like throws away a pass. Draymond throws away the next pass. And I'm just like, oh my God, here we go again. Yeah. But thankfully, yeah, they thankfully there was an offensive foul on the other side and they were able to kind of chill. But I was like, what are they doing? They had they have such a nice little uh organized run here, and they're going back to to throwing the basketball around. I was I was yeah. I was just like waiting for for it to happen, and then I was going to write it down as like a giant point. But I was like, okay, they, they're they're fine. I think um, a big thing for the Warriors would be, I I think I need to see the adjustments Dallas makes before I really give a good take on the adjustments maybe the Warriors need to make. Yeah, that's fair. They got a lot of open shots and they missed them. There's the, there's an adjustment right there. But I think mainly in the locker room, it. Like, how can we not have an have a have a Memphis game five? How can we not have every playoff game is a must win? But if there was one to lose, I guess it was game five because you know you have game six at home, then you have another game seven. But like, I I do feel like we need to we need to stack up the wins against this team as quick as possible. So if you could have them keep the foot on the gas, you know they got almost a full week of of rest. The last game they played was last Friday. It is now Wednesday. They got a full break of rest. I think that rest is especially important for veterans more than his younger players. But you could also say that Luca could have really benefited from that rest because he's a 40.5% usage rate. He's playing almost the whole game. He could have totally benefited from that rest. But I think keeping keeping your foot on the gas, don't take it off, and keep making Luca work is kind of what's been the success for against the Nuggets, against the Memphis Grizzlies, and 
you know, they keep kind of running into this similar style of basketball where it's the one, the best player has the ball in his hands. I mean, big <laughs> whoop, that's nothing new for most teams, but yeah. it kind of is like high usage rate mm-hmm. stars. So I think that we've, we've kind of seen a lot of like similar stuff this playoffs and, you know, similar to how Luca is kicking it out to the corner when he doesn't have the shot. Jokic did it in the first, in the, in that, in that first series, jaw did it. Like we've yeah. seen how they can adjust to that. So I think we have uh, a, a, a lot of, I, I I hope that they can they can they can keep it going because I think a lot of what I did notice though is that when Dallas is running their offense, Luca's going to the hole. It looks like Klebo or someone is setting a back screen in front of the in front of the corner shooter. So when Draymond has his back to the basket or whoever's on that corner has the back to the basket and they're looking at Luca, all eyes are on Luca, and then he kicks it to the corner and they turn around and go chase the corner. Guess what? Six eleven Maxi yeah, Klebo's yeah. right in front of them. They can't get I there. Think that's like pretty Spursy. So I think that, um, I, I mean, maybe just be aware, you know, hands, hands spread out, feel for the screen. But yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good play for them. And if they're making threes, it's a great play for them. Totally. All right. So Warriors uh, come back Friday, Friday night, and then it's Friday, Sunday, Tuesday. And I think I mentioned this, uh, that game six is, is the one where I will be game. in Las Vegas. So I kind of hope that, you know, let's win it in four or five, so I don't have to miss a game because uh, I don't want to miss any of these games. But uh, last uh, last couple minutes here before we get out of here, and in a little bit early because the game was like two hours and fifteen minutes or something like that. It was crazy fast. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts on uh, real quick on Boston and uh, and Miami? When we recorded uh, last night, we talked a little bit about the the game, but it was going on as as we were talking. So. Any su- mm-hmm. any surprise uh, of the? I don't result? think there was a surprise. I w- I would. I'm pretty sure when we were doing the podcast, I was pretty confident that the Heat were going to win. Uh, my buddy Max is a big Celtics fan. Preaches on how Marcus Smart is the Draymond of the team, <laughs> the big glue guy, right? And it's and then Marcus Smart and now Horford are out, and he's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, Celtics are still going to win." It's like, what? No, he's the glue <laughs> guy, right? He's supposed to lose. Um, but you know, I I think that uh, that Game Seven didn't have the short rest. Yeah, uh, that's and that's what with, I said, right? I said Miami mm-hmm. has to win the first two games because the Celtics are younger. They're the team that uh, everybody's just waiting for them to just they're going to figure it out. Once they do, they have the talent and they're going to you know beat these teams. I think I think Miami has to win tomorrow as well. I think so, too. Uh, I don't and, think the Warriors have to win game two, to be honest, even though every playoff game is a must win. I think the Warriors, I, don't, I, think, I don't think it's as much must win for the Warriors as it is for Miami. I still want to win game two. Yeah, totally. Let's we make do it, predictions for that. Let's make it must win. What? What? What do you want to predict? <laughs> yeah, I mean, game two, I guess. I think I'm not going to pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Luke is going to have like a 40 piece, though. Have the Warriors lost at home in the playoffs yet? Ooh, I don't think they have. That's interesting. They, yeah, no, they lost game four in Denver. They lost game two. And game five in Memphis. So they have not lost in Chase yet. So that that's kind of interesting because you know, we talked about sort of the lack of home court advantage compared to Oracle, mm-hmm. but they've taken care of business at home. So I, I I expect another win. I do expect the game to be a lot closer, maybe uh called a little tighter. The referees kind of held on to their whistle. I was happy with it uh, because it was generally uh good for us that they did, but I do think mm-hmm. that the game will be a little bit closer called a little bit tighter uh luca will get to the free throw line a lot more i hope draymond does not get in foul trouble uh but you know that i think that i think that definitely gonna happen but yeah i'm i'm i think that they're gonna win 
game two, and then the Mavs are backs against the wall again. But when that happened in the last series, they won four out of the next five games and they won the series. So that's, that's nothing that, that they need to be surprised about because they've already done it. Mm-hmm. I'm just keeping an eye on Luca's stat line tomorrow, even if they lose. Like, I think he, he, I really do think he needs to have like a really good game. Maybe if it's not box score, eye test. He was making the right passes. He was not getting tired or stuff like that. Like, I think he needs to have an excellent game for me to, he was for, shaking, for, his, I, he was shaking his shoulder a little bit too. I, I didn't see what happened. Yeah, that was weird. It was in the first quarter too. Wiggins got a swipe on his face, left him a little scratch. <laughs> but yeah, I think Luca needs to have like a really good game tomorrow for me to look at. You know, if he has a bad game, I will probably lean towards, you know, the four to six range. Like, I don't even think there would be a game seven if he has a bad game and they lose tomorrow. So, I mean, not tomorrow, uh, game two. All right. That'll be my take on it. Uh, all right. I'm not, I'm, I'm still thinking of this like, I'm not jinxing anything, but uh, I, d- I do think they win game two. Okay, so uh, follow uh, at the BAM pods on Twitter and at the BAM pod on Instagram, and you can subscribe to the podcast three shows every week uh, in whatever uh, whatever podcast listen, uh, app that you have. Also, uh, you guys do the Instagram reels and the TikTok stuff, which is pretty cool. You guys got some good videos. And I I did one for the BSPN show's Instagram account uh, called the 49ers News Minute. So we're testing out some stuff on uh, on the BSPN show's uh, uh, accounts on, on Twitter and Instagram. It's cross-posted everywhere. So it was kind of fun to just see uh, what we could. I, I forgot to put, I had some uh, news music in the background and I forgot to put it on. But for the next one, I'll put it on. <laughs> Um, but other than that, yeah, well, we're going to end this early because, uh, the game ended early. So no need to talk about a game that took two hours, uh, any more than, than we did. Uh, so we'll be back Friday night. Um, unless wait, are you, are you even going to be able to be back Friday night? I hope so. <laughs> Cause you're moving this weekend. Yeah, I know. I, I, I think so. I, I think I will be home. <laughs> Well, we'll see about Sunday because you may not have all of your equipment set up. Yeah, by, by well, Sunday, that one's probably more of like I don't know than a Friday. All Friday right. should be good. All right, so uh, but we'll check in and, and we'll see if if you are not available. I'll maybe I can get uh, Ben Cruz on on one of those days. But uh, okay, so we'll be back sometime uh, this weekend with another episode of the Death Lineup. Uh, if you are listening on podcast, uh, make sure you uh, rate five stars we 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 had a thompson to clark show early this week i talked to zach hernandez and they they have some content we haven't put a red and gold standard podcast up in the feed in a little bit because they've been doing some like questioner heavy stuff on uh on their youtube streams and it doesn't really sound great when you're just talking to to viewers and such so but they but they're gonna have something and uh you know we may have some other 49er stuff as we get closer to the season. I'm thinking about doing some live stream 49er stuff as well on on our all our social accounts. So, all right. Uh, we'll see you this weekend for Bry. I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.